Thanks so much for joining us. 
We are so glad that you're online with us today, and I just want to let you know that we've been praying for you. We know this is crazy, but God's in control, and we're all battling fear in some way, shape, or form. And so as we get ready to jump into our service here in a few minutes, I just want to remind you that we have hope in the Lord, and we're battling against fear. So check out this video. Thanks for joining us online today. Happy Easter. Jesus is risen. Come on, let's sing. Your glory, your grace, let us know. 
Couldn't know. 
right we know that's true and and right now specifically he lives and life is worth living because of that but and we're in this kind of season where there's a lot of unknown and I just want to remind us of the power of the Lord and and the lengths that Jesus went for you and for me you know every single violation of the law committed by us was hurled on Jesus instead of on us. And at a certain place in time, those who judged Jesus chanted to, to crucify him. And because of every single violation of the law we've committed, Jesus was robbed of the privilege of, of acting freely. Because of our sin, he was robbed of the privilege of speaking freely. Because of our sin, he was robbed of the privilege of thinking freely. But the Father's love is stronger and deeper than our sin, and, and He has far more still for you. And He wants to hear you lift your voice and, and praise Him wherever you are. In this strange Easter season, to be grateful for what you have and be thankful of the power of Jesus. Cast my to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree.
Father, we praise you. You've conquered the grave. You've defeated death. I think we're probably at a loss for words when we really try to understand what that means. That Satan thought he had had you. We praise your name because of what we've seen in our lives. We we praise your name because of what we've seen you do, but but the miracle you brought your son back to life. And just like we sang in that song, we get to look forward to that day when we see him face to face. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time of worship in this in this season of worshiping wherever we're wherever we're participating from. God, I thank you for the ability just to have this technology to still be in community but but be distant at the same time. So we love you and we thank you for your son Jesus. Without him we have no hope. Hey guys, thanks for joining us online today. Happy Easter to you and your family. I just want to say Jesus is alive. And so one thing that we've done every Easter, and really we've done more times than I can count, we say he is risen, and then you say he is risen indeed. So let's do that right now. So where you're watching this, where you're sitting down, you're standing up, wherever you're watching this, I just want to encourage you to respond. I'm going to say he is risen And you're going to say, he is risen indeed with the loudest voice possible. Ready? He is risen. He is risen indeed. Guys, we are praying for you. And we continue to just navigate this chaos knowing that we follow Jesus. And we have him to lean on. And so my encouragement to you all and to our whole church is just to continue to lean on Christ during this time. And just be with him every day. Thank you for giving to the, to the Crossroads Care Packages for bringing these items, these non-perishable items in. Uh, what's been happening is non-perishable items have been coming out, and then every Friday uh, we take these items down and we partner with Blessings in a Backpack, and we were able to help people all over our community. So thank you so much for giving uh, to the Crossroads Care Packages. So the next time you're out at the grocery store, grab an extra bag and put some non-perishable items in, and then you can bring it in, drop it off uh, on the porch or in the lobby, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. Thank you so much for giving. People's lives are being changed because of this. And also, thank you for giving. I just want to encourage you all to continue to give. Uh, Remember, we give to a mission uh, that is alive and active. It's the mission of Jesus. And so you can give online. You can also give by mail. You can also give by bringing in your tithes and offerings and putting it in the offering box right inside the lobby when you open the door to your right. Guys, thank you for giving, and thank you for being a part of this mission that Jesus is on right now. So we're about to hop into the sermon, and I just want to say happy Easter. We love you guys, and we can't wait to be together very soon.
Welcome to Crossroads, Easter at Home 2020. We're so glad that we could join together today to gather to celebrate Easter. Just because the building is not open does not mean that we are not celebrating. As a matter of fact, I want to give you a little hint. The tomb was empty, folks. So it's okay that the church is empty today. We are gathering, and there are probably many more people gathering online than could ever gather in our building today. So I want to say welcome to Crossroads. For those of you, this is your first time. Welcome to Crossroads. For others, this, is, uh, this has been your home for many, many years, and we say welcome today. We're so glad that you're here to celebrate with us. The service title today is Rescue. You know, that's what Easter is all about. Easter is about the greatest rescue ever. And when I think about a rescue, I'm reminded of the Q Creek Mine. 2002, down here in West Virginia, there was a mine that had an, uh, an underground flood and had actually collapsed the walls of the mine. You know, when you get around those miners, they're really tough people. You see them, they, they can go in on their back sometimes. They go on, on these little carts to get into the mine, and they're working, and they're covered in dust. And the Kew Creek mine, the, 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 it collapsed, and they could not get out. They evacuated as many people that could get out at, at, in the middle of the emergency, but there were a number of the men that were still left. And the pictures depict here. The next slide shows just even more closer up of how that they went in and they had, to, they had to drill a hole and bring these men up. They had to rescue them. It took them like a week to get them out of there. They were wondering, are we going to live? Are we going to, uh, will I ever see my family again? The, 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 the plan was first they had to drill in to get them oxygen. Then they had to drill in and get them some food and water. And so they, they did these small basic steps all the way up to the point where they could rescue. And as you look here, go to the next slide here, you'll see the, just the joy as they come out. Could you imagine coming out in this, just coming through this tunnel, if you will, and just wondering if I'm going to make it, and, and knowing that you were down there and you were waiting and waiting and waiting. So the... Uh, the rescue was great. It was a well-thought-out, planned-out rescue. And you go back and you read about the Kew Creek Mine of 2002. I'll never forget. I sat there and I watched it late at night because we wondered, will they get them out alive? Will they get them out alive? And, folks, I want to share with you today that Easter was the greatest rescue ever. It was all about Jesus coming to rescue you, coming to rescue me. And the, and, and all of all of. The angels are watching and saying, will he get them out alive? Will he get them out? And, and they saw the well-devised plan because God, before he came in the flesh, kept sending his promise. That was like sending some oxygen. He kept sending the prophets to tell us. It was like sending some food and some water. And then one day, Galatians chapter 1 tells us that one day God showed up at just the right time. And when Jesus came and he showed up at just the right time, it was a powerful, powerful day. We celebrate that at Christmas when he showed up. But he devised the plan, and from eternity past, God the Father says, okay, at just the right time, Jesus, you're going down there, and you're going to rescue my people. And why did we need rescued? Because we have a holy God. And this holy God knows that we are in a fallen world, and, and our sin has separated us from this holy God. So I want to encourage you today as we go to read the, the, the story of the resurrection, the history 
of the resurrection because this is a historical account from the book of Mark this morning. Mark chapter 16, verse 1 says this. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Uh, what, what was going on was these ladies were going down and they were going to anoint a dead body. It was their equivalent of embalming. And so they had to take Jesus down off the cross fast. It was right before the Sabbath. And on the Sabbath there was no work. So the body has been in the tomb. And they're going down and they are wanting to, to, uh, to help to take and do proper burial. To, uh, to do the spices and wrap his linens properly and to give him a proper funeral. Very early in the morning, chapter verse 2, very early in the morning on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. So they're walking down and they're seeing that the, the sun is up. And they say to themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Like their, their heads are down and they're saying, who is going to roll the stone away? The, remember the cave. The, the, the empty tomb, the, the tomb was not empty. They were thinking it was going to be Jesus' body in there. And the, on, on Good Friday, the stone was rolled over there. And they put a, a seal of wax around it. And they're thinking, this is going to be hard. How are we going to get in there? The disciples, they're all hiding. Uh, they're fearing for their life right now. Uh, what? Then they looked up, Mark 16, verse 4, when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away. For it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Uh, why were they alarmed? Because Jesus was not there. They were not expecting Jesus to not, they were not expecting him to not be there. So they're alarmed. And look at this angel, if you will. He says to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Come see the place where they've laid him. Uh, he, he's, he's not here. He's risen. But go tell his disciples and Peter. I love that. Tell his disciples and Peter. Remember, Peter denied Jesus three times while Jesus was in trial. And he says, tell his disciples and Peter um, that he is going before you into Galilee. And there you will see him as he said to you just as he said that he would make his appearance. And they were out quickly, and they fled from the tomb, for they were terrified and amazed, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Folks, that very first Easter, there were a lot of questions, and I want to invite you, you've got questions, lean in. The Bible says to seek, because if you seek, you will find. If you knock... The door will be open to you. Um, this is the word of the Lord. And, and so God says, if you will seek him, and you know what? Keep seeking him. Maybe I know many people have come to our church for many years seeking God for a long time. And then as they kept seeking God, God showed up for them. Many of you watching today will tell me that I found the answer. The more that I look for God, the more he revealed himself to me. Uh, they, they were terrified. They were afraid. Uh, they, they were amazed. Like, like these women are leaving there and they're saying, well, Jesus has risen from the dead, but this doesn't make sense. Where's his body? Where's he at? And, and they just don't understand what has happened here this morning. But I want you to know today, 
But Jesus was seen of more than 500 witnesses, 500 eyewitnesses. He was seen first by Mary Magdalene. He made his first appearance to her, to Mary Magdalene, Um, and, and then to the disciples, and then to more than 500 eyewitnesses. Jesus rose from the dead. And, and as you look at this and you say, well, Jesus came to the earth. Why did he come to the earth? Well, he had to rescue you. Well, why do you need rescue? Folks, if Jesus had not risen from the dead, there would be no rescue. Because there would be nothing that would make any, any difference. If Jesus would have just come and died on the cross, he would have been like anybody else. But Jesus validated his message. And he rose from the grave and he proved who he is. He proved that that payment on the cross was for you and that that payment was accepted by God. God validated it. It's his validation this morning. Oh, I love what Mark tells us. When you think about why did Jesus have to come, he says this, Mark 10:45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He came to give his life as a ransom for many. Um, you know, when, when you think about that, what do you mean a ransom? What's a ransom mean? I looked up the meaning of the word ransom, and here's what the word ransom means. It means it's a payment. It's a sum total, a payment demanded for a prisoner, paid for the release of a prisoner. And so, folks, you and I, were the prisoner. Jesus came for all of us. He was the ransom. He was the payment that God the Father said had to be paid for your sin. There was only one person that could do it. God couldn't send any angel. He had to send his own son. He couldn't send just another prophet, for they were all fallen. They were all humans. They all had sin of their own to deal with. And God said, I'm going to send my one and only son, Jesus. And this pains me more. This is the greatest hurt, but Jesus came to rescue you. It was the payment that was demanded was Jesus Christ. I want to look at uh, about four aspects of that ransom, four aspects of, of you being rescued by Jesus, of me being rescued by Jesus. Number one, he came to rescue us of the guilt of our past. He came to rescue us from the guilt of your past. You know, we all have a past. Everybody has made bad decisions, and everybody has sinned, the Bible says. So when you look at your past, the things that haunt you most about the past are typically your sin. Your sin haunts you about the past. And as we consider this this morning, I want you to know that God has taken that guilt. He has removed that guilt for you. Look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him, in Jesus, we have redemption through His blood. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. Folks, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for your sin once for all forever. And the resurrection is the validation on his redemption. That is so powerful. I love what Colossians 2.14 says. It says that he canceled the record of the charges against us. He took it away and he nailed it to the cross. Like Jesus took the record that had all of your sins and he took your sin record and he said, give me that. And he nailed it to the cross of Jesus Christ. 
Folks, this is so powerful today as we consider what did Jesus do for us. He redeemed us. He bought us back with the blood of Jesus Christ. He canceled the debt. Oh, I love that. Right now we're hearing a lot about finances, aren't we? My kids are getting excited about student loans. The debt would be frozen. But Jesus came and he canceled the debt completely. Um, When Jesus died on the cross, he said this. He said, it is finished. And once and for all forever, he paid the price. And this word, it is finished. When Jesus said it, it was a Greek word. And it was tetelestai. And when he said tetelestai, what he said was this. Paid in full. The debt is canceled against you because Jesus paid it in full once for all forever. Your sin has been paid. Your past has been paid for by Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you with that today. And Jesus, therefore, when he said it is finished, that was the same word to telestai that they would write on a mortgage when you paid a mortgage. They would stamp that to telestai. Paid in full. And so when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he wasn't just saying, I'm about to die. He was saying, the payment has been paid in full, folks. Your sin has been paid. My sin has been paid in full through the blood of Jesus Christ. And therefore, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, the Apostle Paul tells us, There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who belong in Jesus Christ. Oh, folks, God has come to you, and he has taken your past. And he says, I want to take your past, and I want to take that off of you. I want you to know there's no guilt. You can't go back and change it, but I can take the guilt. You see, God forgives, and if God is no longer condemning you for your past, I want to encourage you, do not, do not go back there. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God for the freedom that he has given us. He rescued you from that, that sin, those bad decisions, those, those, those things that have broken relationships. Oh, they no longer have a hold on you because Jesus said he has taken the guilt away from you. He has rescued you from your worry about the future. Um, that's the next thought today. Jesus rescued you from worry about the future. We're talking about the past. Now let's talk about the future. As he has taken the worry from the future from you, He says, you don't have to worry about your future. And folks, today I understand this Easter more than any other Easter, you're likely worried about your future. You're worried about viruses. You're worried about the stock market. You're worried about your job. Many have lost jobs already. We have a few that have already been affected and have been sickened by the virus. I want you to know today that God says you don't have to worry about the future. And, and because God promises that he will be there with you, he will walk through the valley of the shadow of death with you. John 14:1, Jesus said this the night before he went to the cross. The night before he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane, he tells him, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. Don't let your heart be troubled. And he's telling his disciples, the biggest thing is coming. Your world is going to be rocked. And then he takes him down. He says, listen, I'm going to my father's house. I'm preparing a place for you. He's getting heaven ready for them. And the same message is for you. God is getting heaven ready for you. 
And he says, therefore, don't let your heart be troubled. And so the disciples had a lot of questions. And Jesus continues on. He says, listen, you've got to understand verse, uh, verse 5 here. 6 says this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. There's no way you can get to God but through Jesus Christ. And he says, listen, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Folks, many people are trying to find life through all kind of means. If you're trying to find life through your health right now, you're missing it. If you're trying to find life through, uh, through, your, through, through, through the other issues of life out there, through hopefully stability in the market or anything like that, you've missed it. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to God except through Jesus Christ. That's why we celebrate Easter. That's why we say it is a a rescue. Jesus came so that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And I've said this over the last few weeks, that I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who knows. You see, when you know who knows tomorrow, you don't have to worry about tomorrow. And Jesus says, listen, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to give you life in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all the uncertain times that you're living in, in the midst of what you want to let your mind go to worry. God says, I have come and I have rescued you so that you don't have to go there. You don't have to think about this. You don't have to be worrying. And I realize today, folks, I get it. I get it because those same worries come to me. And I have to do this. I have to take those worries and place them down. And I have to come back to Jesus. And remember, Jesus rose from the dead. And if Jesus rose from the dead, oh, he certainly will be able to take care of me. He says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through Jesus Christ. He says, I can do all things through Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So, you can do that as well. And, uh, and I want you to catch this here over in John fourteen twenty seven. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives. I give you a better peace than that. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Do not let your heart be troubled today, folks. Because God wants to give you peace. And so he has stepped up to the plate so that you don't have to worry about tomorrow. He promises to give you peace. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2 says, May God give you more and more grace and peace. Uh, may it be multiplied because He's chosen you to be a part of His family. You're His child if you open your heart and trust Him. The apostle Peter says, May God give you more and more Grace and peace may be multiplied, may be exponential. And folks, that's what God wants for your life. He wants you to have a walk of peace. That's why the Apostle Paul knew, I can do everything. I can take whatever comes my way through the strength of Jesus Christ. Oh, folks, today I want to encourage you. Jesus came to rescue you from that worry about the future. He came to rescue you from your guilt over your past. And he came to rescue you from a meaningless life. Uh, Jesus didn't come and, and just give you 
uh, hey, just a mundane thing. I want you to know, folks, following Jesus is the greatest joy of my life. It's the most fun that I've ever had, and I have given my heart and soul to this, and I want to encourage you to do the same because God gives you meaning. And I said earlier, if you go to look for meaning in some places, you're going to be lost. You're going to be hurting because you won't find your meaning in your pleasure. Uh, what kind of pleasure can we have right now? We can't even go to a restaurant, right? Uh, we, we, you know, the pleasures of this world. Maybe right now it's a Netflix binge all weekend. God says, listen, pleasure is not going to produce meaning in your life. Uh, he also says that prestige and power. You know, today I watch the online. Everybody's jumping online and because it's a necessity. That's thankful that we can do this today. But many people are trying to become powerful and prestigious in these moments. And, and not just in these moments, but in, in, in the weeks gone by and in the years to come, we will watch people that will be struggling to find meaning through prestige and power, through popularity. People look through for popularity to, to, to make their life just right and for possessions. But may I share with you what Jesus did for you? I like First John chapter 3, verse 1. It says this, Behold what manner of love that the Father has given to us, that we should be called the children of God. Behold what manner of love. The love of God, has, God has called you His children. If you've opened your heart and trusted Jesus as your Savior, the Scripture says that you are His child. I am a son of God. My wife is a daughter of God. Uh, if you've trusted Jesus, I want to encourage you. You can be called the children of God. Wow, nothing greater. Do you see the meaning now? Uh, the meaning to be part of the family of God. This is not something mundane. This is not something without purpose. God's given you like this incredible, incredible life. And look what he says here. I've rescued you so that you could be his masterpiece. Over in Ephesians 2.10, he says this. He says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he has planned for us long ago. God says, you are my masterpiece. Now, now think about that. When you see an artist's rendering of a masterpiece, they, they put it all together. They put so much work. And then when they're done, they go sign their name. That's what God says about you. If, you, if you're willing to trust Him, believe that He rose from the dead this morning, He says that He rescued you from a meaningless life. I would say being the masterpiece of God has a whole lot of meaning. God's masterpiece. Uh, this was the masterpiece, masterpiece that He planned long ago. Look, he, for you to do the good things He planned for us to do long ago. I've been watching people through this crisis do so many good things. One of the good things I'm watching that's happening uh, in our foyer at the church all week long, people are bringing up groceries. People have been dropping off groceries every day of the week as I'm sitting in my office praying and studying and making phone calls. I'll watch a car come up and there's, you know, there's a few more bags every day. We've been taking these groceries and we're giving them out to the community. Folks, you are making a difference. We've come along the blessings in a backpack. They are thanking God for you, for you folks, because you have been the masterpiece of God, and God had planned for you. Now, check this out. God planned for you 
to bring groceries up and help them out long ago. Whoa, when you start to think about this. Some of you are helping your neighbors. You're calling your neighbors. God planned that for you. If you're his child, you're his masterpiece, and he planned that for you long ago that you would go and do these good works so that people will see who our great God is. Oh, this morning I'm reminded of, the, of several people in our church that are out doing this. One of our young people is uh, Mariah Gobrich. Mariah is a great girl. She's uh, 14, 15 years old. She has been making these masks. And uh, the next slide, I believe, shows her up front and close. And, and you can see her. She's making these masks, the surgical masks, for people. And so at first it was healthcare workers started to take them. And, and she kind of went viral on this. She's made 400 masks. And she has made 400 masks uh, to help people. I just want to share this with you. Uh, K-Love, you heard that radio station, K-Love? They got word of it, and she is the good kid of the week this past week for Caleb. So I, I just want to encourage her because she's the masterpiece of God. This young girl is, is, was planned by God. Now think about this. Planned by God. Thousands of years ago, God said, I'm going to make you my masterpiece. And he planned for Mariah to make 400 masks to help people. I was talking to Amanda Boer. She is in our church. She is, uh, I've known Amanda for all my life in the church here, probably for the last 35 years I've known Amanda. She's a wonderful, wonderful lady. She was telling me that she was making these masks at well, and she was selling, uh, sending them, not selling them, sending them over to her, her daughter who's working along border towns along Texas and along Mexico border there. And then uh, I was talking with Cherie Adams. She's making these. And, and so a number of our church people are doing this. And I'm, I'm watching people out there. I've watched our own people. That they were giving out this week uh, Easter eggs for the egg hunt that we could not have. And so I saw all of our people stepping up to the plate. They are doing what God has called them to do. And, folks, that's why God rescued you, so that you would not be afraid about tomorrow that you would have a life of meaning today. Oh, this is so powerful. I want to share with you a, a story today. This is Eric and Rachel McElvenny. And we're going to go to their, to their Zoom uh, story right now. I, just, I recorded this earlier this week, and I just want you to hear their story of how that God rescued Eric and Rachel McElvenny. Hey, guys, I'd like to just welcome to our service today. This is, um, this is Eric and Rachel McElvenny. Uh, Eric, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Rachel, glad that you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, where you live, and uh, a little bit about your background. Uh, thank you. Thanks for having us. And we we are uh, we're actually at our home right now in Bethel Park. We have been married for twelve years. Twelve years. Twelve years. <laughs> and we have we have three wonderful kids. And um, we've been living in in Bethel Park for about two and a half years, and part of Crossroads for that same amount of time. Well, we're, we're, so, we're so thankful that you guys uh, have moved into our area and, and uh, hang out with us and worship with us. Uh, you know, today we're talking about how the Jesus rescued us. And so he rescued us from things, and he rescued us too. So it wasn't just the bad, but he also provided some good. Uh, Eric and Rachel, why don't you guys share a little bit about your background and uh, what Jesus rescued you from? Yes. So, yeah, this this actually I'll let him do some of the talking. Yeah, thanks. 
I this, this reminds me, us sitting here together reminds me of a time, it was three years into our marriage, when we were actually sitting together, not so close, but we were at, we were at our kitchen table, and in front of us, were, it was divorce paperwork, and we were filling it out. And just to, just to think about that makes me, makes me, I don't know, it's, I, I'm in love with this woman, but just to think that we were at that point, it was kind of an all-time low yeah. for us. And it wasn't that we didn't love each other, but we were just struggling. We, at that time, uh, I was serving as a Marine. Rachel was a sailor. In the Navy. Yeah, in the Navy. And we had already done a few deployments and distance, and we were raising our, our first daughter, and uh, I, w- I know I was living a little bit selfishly. You know, I was. We both were. Yeah, uh, we we're <laughs> thinking of what, what's, what's in it for us type thing, and uh, we didn't communicate that well. We didn't compromise, and we didn't have a strong, strong relationship. We didn't go to church. We didn't go to church, any. and I think that was it. Is we tried, like we went to counseling, we tried to fix our problems, but we, we, we weren't going to church. We didn't let God help us fix those problems, mm-hmm. and if you. If you go forward a little bit, Rachel deployed. Where did you go? To the Middle East. Fighting pirates. She was actually fighting pirates. That's a true story. And I started taking our daughter to church. And it was that church that the word of the Lord began to transform me in my heart. Mm-hmm. And I realized what a real relationship is uh, through seeing Jesus. And, and being thousands of miles apart, like communicating through email, like I could see that. I could see there was a change through just the email communication. Yeah, and he he taught me what an unselfish relationship is, and uh, our marriage from from a distance, from separated from miles miles apart, we we grew closer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of that deployment, Rachel came home, and I actually deployed, and I went to Afghanistan. And on well, that before that, so we didn't file the divorce paper. Or they just. Oh yeah, yeah. They, the divorce paperwork work did not go through. Luckily, <laughs> we're still here, right? Still sitting next to each other, more in love than ever. But um, on my trip to Afghanistan, I was injured. So it seems like we things were down and low, and then they started to get better, and bam, we were hit again. I had I had lost the lower part of my leg, uh, but in that injury, a few things happened for me. One. Um, I realized that that I was not in control and that God is, and I had somewhere, I had somewhere to, to put that and channel that. And um, you know, I, Rachel's testimony is a little bit different. Like she grew up in a in a Christian household, and she was saved when she was younger. You yeah. So that. when when I was twelve, I accepted Jesus into my heart and um, had a really strong, uh, faithful mom and dad to teach me that. Um, but as, you know, as we all get older, we realize we have choices. And so there was times where I chose, you know, that to live apart from God. Um, and it kind of, the other day, um, uh, with my son, who's three, um, I was trying to put his clothes or to dress him and he pushed my hands away and he said, mommy, I can do this by myself. I don't need your help. And so, yeah, I just, I mean, that kind of took me back, you know, and hurtful, but, um, you know, I feel like that's what I did to God, you know, like there was times in my life where, you know, I said, God, I don't need you. I can do this on my own. Um, so we went through a lot of that. And, um, like you said, it seemed like things were just getting worse with his injury and everything. Um, and I remember in the hospital, 
a couple weeks into it, we were um, living at the hospital and his family was there. And um, I had learned, you know, from an early age to kind of um, to push my emotions down and just to get the job done. And um, so we were trying to get Eric healthy and, you know, strong again. Um, so I wasn't taking care of myself emotionally. And um, we were all in the room together and we were, I mean, it, we just, got into a big fight. Over. Surprisingly enough, I was not the most pleasant person in the hospital. I, I was in pain and through surgeries, and I was snapping at people. And unfortunately, Rachel, I'm sorry, she took the most of it. I, yeah, but, I mean, it was, a, you know, a, it was a fight over, like, what dinner we were going to have. And I just, you know, broke down and left the room, and I was just crying. Um, but then a couple of minutes later, um, I felt someone's hand on my shoulder and it was Pat, it was Eric's dad. Um, and he comforted me through that. And, um, so we, we got food and everybody was happy again. Um, but I think that that showed me how, um, during the hard times that God carries us. And, um, so with through, challenging situations you know and I don't ever want to be too big that he can't help me yeah and, and, and now we're living in Bethel Park we have three kids and life life is good and there's trials and there's tribulations and there's there's challenges like like right now you know and work and employment and just every everyone goes through them but uh, it's different now that Jesus has rescued us Yes, and each and every day, it's how we live our lives. He's first, and and we know that um, you know we, we we're able to put our hope in something bigger than us, and we're just we're grateful for our uh, our salvation yeah. <laughs> and each other. Hey, we are we are so grateful for you. We we thank God for you guys, and um, we're so thrilled to, to. I just love hearing your story. So you guys trusted Christ through this storm. Like that was a, a horrible time of your life and you were able to see God put, put life together. And so what, thank you for sharing with us today. Uh, you know, uh, Eric and Rachel, you both are great people. We, uh, we see you, um, you know, Eric goes, and I know you get to share your story all over the place and, and you're, you're, uh, God's using it tremendously. And I know Rachel, you have a tremendous ministry with women. And just the, uh, the MOPS ministries and you two are both, uh, incredible. I, I love to watch you serve. Like God made you a masterpiece. And that's what he says in his word. He says that we are his masterpiece in Ephesians 2.10. So, uh, you know, I just love to see what God's done for you. And, uh, we want to say thank you so much for sharing today. Oh, thank Happy you. Easter. Happy Easter. <clears throat> God bless. Thank you, Eric and Rachel, for your powerful testimony, your powerful story of how that you are God's, uh, God's masterpiece. He rescued you to do what he has called you to do. And we thank you for what you're doing and the impact that you're making in the world. And I'm so glad that God has rescued you for his work. And lastly this morning, God has rescued you from having to earn your way to heaven. Folks, if you talk to people in our world, you say, are you going to go to heaven? They'll say, oh, yeah, I will. And you ask them why. And most people tell you, well, I'm a good person. I think that my good outweighs my bad. And may I say, what a, what a tragic way to live life. Like God says that he loves you, 
He died on the cross. He paid for your sin so that you don't have to keep trying. Like, I'm not telling you not to be a good person, but I'm telling you not to trust those good works because Jesus came and he rescued you so that you do not have to try to earn your way. Because let me ask you this question. How good is good enough? If I only sin three times a day, and you ask my wife, she'll tell you it's probably more than that, but three little white lies or three little impure motives or three little um, things that you should do that you didn't do, and you add them up over a lifetime, three a day is roughly a 1,000 a year. And I'm just using big numbers to round here. Three a day is a 1,000 a year. I'm 52 years old. I would have over 50,000 if that was only three times a day. Listen, God has said that, uh, that your sin has separated you from a holy God. I cannot earn my way to heaven. I owe a debt of 50,000 plus sins. And what is your sin record? God said that he canceled the record when Jesus died on the cross. So therefore, I do not have to keep trying to earn this. Look what Ephesians chapter 2 says. For by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. It is the gift of God so that no one can get into heaven and brag. Nobody will say, well, you know, I got to heaven because I did this, because I gave money to the church, because I went on mission trips, because, because, because Jesus died on the cross and paid for my sin will be the only entrance into heaven. And he says it is by grace, God's riches at the expense of Jesus Christ on the cross, that you have been saved through faith. Faith is to just simply believe. He says to believe. And that you, that this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus so that we can do what he's planned for us to do. Folks, I want to ask you this morning, are you ready to believe? Maybe you've been to church all of your life, but you've never made this personal. And I want to ask you, will you believe today? Um, as we continue in the, in the passage in Mark about the resurrection, look what Jesus said. Uh, we, we see here these words in the record of Mark. Now when he rose early on the first day, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, um, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast out seven demons. Uh, he had cast out seven demons out of Mary before, when she, before he had, uh, when she first started to follow him, she, he casted all these demons out. Look what the next verse says. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they had heard he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. She comes and says, listen, I saw Jesus. He's alive. And the first response is they did not believe. Folks, I want to ask you, are you ready to believe? You see, these folks there, Peter, James, John, the apostles, do you know what they did? They had to see him. And whenever they saw him, they, they saw that he's alive. They, they could touch him. They could have a meal with him. They said, he's alive. But until then, they did not believe. And Jesus says this, that you are more, more blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. 
Now look here, verse 11. But when they heard he was alive and had been seen by her, they would not believe it. Oh, they would not believe it. And so today, folks, I want to make the invitation to you to, to believe without seeing today. Acts 16.31 says this, believe. This was a jailer that came to the Apostle Paul. And he says, what must I do in order to be saved? What must I do in order to get to heaven? He says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved from the punishment of your sin. We could rephrase it like this. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be rescued. God will rescue you today if you'll believe, if you'll just put your heart and your faith on him today. And the invitation is simple, to believe on Him. And believe is a matter of trust, to place your trust on Him. Not just a head faith, but but a heart faith where you're trusting and you're believing what this great God did for you. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin. And He rose again. Do you believe? If you do, in closing today, I'm going to invite you to pray with me. I'm going to invite you to invite Jesus into your life and make this very personal. I'm going to put this prayer on the screen. As the prayer is on the screen right now, I'm just going to walk you through this prayer. Just tell God something like this. Just say, Dear God, today I believe. And just tell Him, God, I believe. I trust you. That's what we're saying. God, I believe. You said if you would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you would be saved from the punishment of your sin. You would rescue me, God. God, I need rescued from my past, from my worries about the future, and I need meaning today. Uh, today I believe. Dear God, today I believe. And pray along with me if this is you. Today I believe. I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. Today I believe that you died on the cross. You paid for my sin. You were buried, and you rose again to life. I invite you into my life today as my personal Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And today, if you just prayed that prayer with me, in just a few moments I'm going to ask you to go to our website, hit the online connect card, and, and just let us know. Give us, just give us your name and an email and, and just, just say, hey, I prayed today to trust Jesus. He says, if you will believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, over in Romans chapter 10 it says that, that you would be saved. Believe and now share. And I want to encourage you, share that with the people that you're sitting with in your home today. Share that with a good friend maybe who invited you to watch today. Share that online. If you're watching on Facebook or on our online platform, just put on there, hey, I trusted Jesus today. And let the world know that you trusted this God who rose from the dead. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Let me close in prayer for everybody today. Father God, I come before you and I thank you that you rose from the grave. God, this is no surprise what's going on in our world today. It was no surprise that in 2020, Easter Sunday, we would be celebrating from homes all over the world. God, I pray that you'll use your message that has won out today all over the world. For those that are watching in Pittsburgh, those that are watching uh, in our country at various places, and those that are watching around the globe today, God, thank you that your name has been lifted high, and we get to worship you and praise you.
For you are the Savior. Because you live, I can face tomorrow. God, thank you for all those that just prayed to receive Christ today. God, I pray that that you'll give them courage, give them strength to water the seed that has been planted in their heart today. We thank you and we love you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, folks, thanks for joining us at Crossroads. I want to encourage you. Our food drive is still up and running. You can swing by the church. Uh, Information will be on our website about the food drive. Please stop by the church anytime, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, and leave a bag of groceries that we can give out to the people in our community. Uh, We are so thankful that we have these opportunities. And God bless you. Spread the good word. We will see you live on Facebook at 7 o'clock on Wednesday. We're having live prayer where I'll be able to pray for you, for your request, and just spend some time praying together as a church as we gather all over the place. That's 7 o'clock on Wednesday. God bless you, and have a great Easter. Let this dark room in silence fuel imagination. Tonight, the stars shine bright and spell my name. chill blows away and bonfire fire warms my heart under the night sky I'm drifting off in the deep of the valley your presence surrounds me the crickets sing and trees ring and I want to let you know
sing to the end of days. Those words I've heard all my life, and its truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. 'Cause words, they don't do you power much justice. It's too great, too great to be bound by little letters we make up. Funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that.